I'm Maureen Balatori, and this is Spilled Salt, a podcast on the thrills and spills from the food, beverage, and agriculture industries. Today's guest is Chris Lawton. He's the director of Knowledge Exchange at Farm Credit East for the Northeast of the U.S. And Chris's role is really about education and outreach for up and coming farmers or existing farmers that are looking to continue their knowledge and and expertise in the agriculture industry. So he says that they serve all of agriculture and some of what we talk about today is some of the ways that they do that, not only with the education side of things um, from people and leadership and financial to lending and some of the programs that Farm Credit East has available to folks that are looking to continue to grow and scale their agricultural business venture. So we talk about that a little bit on the podcast today, as well as some of the great stories that Chris has um, experienced in his 13 years at Farm Credit East, as well as some of what he sees forthcoming for the agriculture industry. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing well. Good. Thanks so much for joining me today for this conversation. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, excellent. So um, I'm going to jump right in and you wore the perfect shirt for today. I don't know if you planned that to be (laughs) on the podcast today, but I know you've been at Farm Credit East for a long time, 13 years, according to your LinkedIn profile. Can you talk a little bit about your work? Yeah. So um, I'm director of knowledge exchange at Farm Credit East, which is a, a sort of a fancy title. It doesn't really explain what I do, but it sounds good, right? It does sound um, good. Yeah. So um, basically what it means is that I run our customer education and outreach programs. So um, like, for example, today, I've spent a lot of time working on our Generation Next program, which is basically a leadership training course for emerging ag leaders, Um, you know, people that are, say, the next generation of a family business that are going to take on more responsibility or uh, beginning farmers or that sort of thing. And it talks about uh, managing people, leadership, uh, financial management, uh, operations, that sort of thing. Yep. And what ta- what kind of things are you teaching them? Like you mentioned people, leadership, finances, but what are some of the core skills that an emerging leader in agriculture needs to know? Yeah, well, one of the, a, a, big, a big part of the program, um, like it's normally when it's in person, it's offered as three full days of instruction that are mm-hmm. spaced a few weeks apart um, to give people a chance to, you know, absorb it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, the entire first day is on is on human resource management and leadership. So it's a big focus of the program. And sometimes we get a little bit of pushback from like beginning farmers, they might say, well, I don't have any employees yet, or that sort of thing. But one of the things that we say is that at some point in your career, whether you're a beginning farmer or taking on an established operation, uh, you're going to reach a point at which you can no longer do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And getting things done through others is an important skill to develop if you ever want to grow beyond what one person can do. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we talk about things like um, the difference between being, being a manager and being a true leader. Um, you know, where, where a manager, you're kind of like top-down command control, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Uh, whereas a leader, you're almost more of a servant to your to your your staff, if you yeah, will, right. and helping bring out the best in them, um, and you know, building a high performance team. 
Uh, so we talk about that. We also mm -hmm. talk about um, financial management. You know, what are financial statements? How to re you know how to create and read a balance sheet? Um, how to create a cash flow budget? Um, how to approach a lender? What a lender is going to want to see from you? Mm -hmm. uh, the importance of record keeping. Um, you know, and, and other things like that. We talk about risk management, managing risk of all different types um, related to your farm. And that's just one of our programs. We also have, I also do a lot of speaking to groups mm -hmm. or in webinars or live events. Um, I have a talk called Business Basics for Beginning Farmers that I give a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, I do a lot of like, you know, outreach to try and, you know, at Farm Credit East, our, our objective is to serve all of agriculture. So big, small, organic, conventional, mm -hmm. um, all different types, as well as forest products and fishing. So kind of the, 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 the nexus of them is that they're all natural resource-based businesses. Yep. And, um, you know, so, and not everyone is aware of us, even though we've been around for a hundred years. Well, so, I think especially this side of the business, right? Like I think Farm Credit East is well known as a lender, right? Yeah. From the, from the debt side of the business, but this knowledge exchange, and I know we've talked before, um, but I can think of a number of, of folks who are trying to take a side hustle ag business to full time, yep. right? And they need this kind of direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of outreach to try and make sure that people are aware that we're here as well as just basic education um, for the financial management side of agriculture. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people get into farming because they love paperwork and record keeping. <laughs> um, you know, that's not typically the core thing that they're, that they're seeking, but it's an essential skill to develop if you want to be successful in agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we leave the kind of bugs and plants to, to extension. Uh, uh -huh. yep. but, we, but we saw um, when we began and it's changed somewhat. Extension has gotten a lot more offerings on business management than they used to have. Mm -hmm. but, and um, you're talking about just for everybody on the podcast, he's talking yeah. about Cornell Cooperative Extension Resources, which are county based and are around the state. Correct. Yep. Um, but when we when we, we began the program, we we saw a gap kind of in that that financial management education piece, mm -hmm. and um, we realized that as lenders, we saw more farmers get into trouble because of poor record keeping or poor financial management, more yeah. so than that because they were bad farmers. Right, and I I would imagine that that's true, especially for the generational community, right? That. Gen two, for for example, right? It's passing to Gen three, and maybe Gen two did it with a notebook, literal pen yeah. and paper, right? Keeping track that way. And the next generation that's coming in wants to take over and learn the operations, but also wants to add their own spin to it. Maybe modernize a little bit, take things into QuickBooks, you know. And those are different kinds of things that the previous generation can't teach. They can teach this is how I did it, and I can tell you this. But I would imagine that where firm credities really shines is having that agriculture expertise makes a generation that's passing from one to the next really trust you to guide the next generation coming in in that way. Yeah. So that's so that's um I guess a nutshell of my position. Um, I also do a lot of like trade show events and things mm -hmm. like that, and I was hired specifically for this role um, thirteen years ago. And before that, I was actually a customer of Farm Credit East. I was in the greenhouse nursery business. Um, yeah, so I, I saw that in your history that you grew yeah. up on a, on a family, farm that did nursery. Yeah, family yeah. nursery and greenhouses. Um, so it, it, I took a little bit of a winding path. Um, I started out my first job, if you will, was uh -huh. uh, help, helping Grampy in the greenhouse. 
Yep. Um, and my first job was checking for bugs. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd go around and I think it was partly because I was very interested in bugs as a little boy. Yeah. Because it would just occupy me for hours. And right. I'm sure. Me, you know, um, but he would set me loose in the greenhouse and, you know, find, see if you can find any bugs for me to look at. Yeah. And so I would, I would do that. So I grew up around the family, you know, business and greenhouses and um, worked for my, uh, my undergrad degrees in horticulture from Cornell. Yep. And I uh, worked for that for 12 years. And then in 2006, he sold the company to another owner. Okay. Uh, so that sort of forced me to reevaluate my plans. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going back to school and getting an MBA at UMass Amherst mm -hmm. um, and then joined Farm Credit East shortly thereafter. Um, and since then, I've got a second master's degree in applied economics mm -hmm. at, at UConn. Um, and cool. so talk about that a little bit, right? Like, I mean, because you're right, that is a very winding path from horticulture to economics, but we love a winding path. That's one yeah. of the, they make for great stories. So what is that like, you know, in, yeah. in that shift? So um, when I started Farm Credit East and started doing more like economic research and things like that, um, and industry outlooks, I wanted to get a big, a stronger background in economic theory. Mm. Uh, I had some of that as part of my MBA curriculum, but um, Farm Credit East actually is a great tuition reimbursement program that I took advantage of. Oh, great. Um, to basically send me to school to, to get a master's degree. So I went mostly at night in stores mm -hmm. um, and took, you know, really just like one class a semester. Mm -hmm. to kind of get through it while I was still working full time. Yeah. Um, but I did a, a deeper dive into economics and um, got that degree. I wrapped that up in 2020, actually. So oh. fairly recent. And I was, you know, an older student taking the, the classes, but it, it keeps you young, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it speaks to your interest in learning, right? Which for the role that you have at Farm Credit East, you, you kind of have to be a forever learner, right? Because things are constantly changing in what you're educating the next up and coming generation of farmers to learn and know. So I can see the trajectory for why you would want to continue yeah. to lengthen your experience in that field. Because a lot of what I do is look is taking information from other sources and kind of trying to make it right. digestible, digestible and actionable to Northeast farmers. Yeah. So I do a lot of, um, like I'll, I'll look at, you know, what data comes out of USDA and I'll try to put my thinking cap on and think about, you know, if I was a Northeast farmer, how would I, how would I use this information or how would, how would this information affect me? Yeah. And I try to write reports and articles and outlooks that reflect that perspective. And how can our listeners tap into that kind of content? Like where can they subscribe to get a hold of that when you put new reports out. Yeah, so farmcredities.com is our website. Mm -hmm. um, I, frankly, I write most of the content that's on our website, like in mm -hmm. terms of reports and whatnot. Um, I don't do the fancy graphic design, but I do the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the writing. Yep. Um, we have a, a, t a blog that comes out typically mm -hmm. once or twice a week called Today's Harvest, mm -hmm. um, which I contribute to quite a bit. And then also our monthly e-newsletter called The Knowledge Exchange Partner. Um, uh, comes out, you know, monthly, and I, I am responsible for either writing that or commissioning someone else to write an article for it. Yeah. Um, and if, if someone wants to subscribe, they can check us out on the website, or they can uh, just shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll make sure they get added to the list. Cool. That sounds great. You know, you don't necessarily be a customer to get it. Right. Yep. Great. That's awesome. I think that 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 skill that you're talking about, the ability to 
digest a number of different sources of information and boil it down to its more sim most simplistic form that, like you said, farmers can apply to their own businesses or even understand how to apply, right? I grew up on a dairy farm. And so one of the things that I think gives us an edge at Agency 29 is that I can go meet a farmer and we speak the same language, right? Yeah. Because it is, you know, kind of a, there's an approach, right? You mm -hmm. have to give it, give it to me straight, right? That's kind of yeah. how the farmer wants it. They want to be able to very simply understand information. So that's, I can see the value of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you're also program manager for Farm Start. Can you talk about Farm Start too? Yeah. A little bit? So, so um, at Farm Credit, like I mentioned, where, you know, we describe ourselves sort of as a big tent organization. Like we, yeah. we strive to serve all of agriculture. And a big part of that means serving young, beginning and small farmers. Um, that's mm -hmm. part of our mission as dictated to us by the federal government. And um, we have to report annually on, on both quantitative and qualitative goals. So like numerical goals of how many loans we make to beginning farmers, mm. that sort of thing, as well as qualitative goals, like what outreach activities we did, what educational program we offered, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and so for a big part of our beginning farmer programs um, is Farm Start, not it's not the entirety of it, but mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a, one of our focus areas. And what FarmStart does is it fills a gap that we saw in providing capital for startup or early stage farms mm -hmm. um, in that it provides un an unsecured investment. What that means is mm -hmm. um, if you want to buy real estate, for example, you could get a mortgage for that and the real estate secures the loan. Right. So you so the so the lender has security and that's something that you can do if you can, you know provided you can afford the payments, right? Mm -hmm. Um but that gets you land. You know, you still need to maybe buy a tractor, buy some seeds, hire right. somebody, build, you know, dig a well, what you know, what have you. Yep. Um so Farm Start was designed to provide that operating capital piece that's hard to collateralize from as yeah. a from lender's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um because we saw a lot of beginning farmers either struggling to cover those expenses or doing things like maxing out all their credit cards or right. you know, whatever else. So FarmStar provides an affordable entry point to get up to $75,000 in capital mm -hmm. for that unsecured expenses. And they have up to five years to pay it back uh, or roll it into conventional financing. Presumably after the end of five years, they'd be more, more credit worthy, if you will. They'd yep. be more able to get a, a traditional bank loan. Yeah. Um, so FarmStar requires no, no down payment and no collateral. Yeah. Um, and we've done almost 400 of them uh, mm -hmm. over the last 18 years now. Mm -hmm. And um, our, uh, our success rate is very high. Um, one of the reasons is that, A, we, we, we try to pick winners. We try to pick people <laughs> that have a high likelihood for success. Yeah. And B, we, um, when you get a farm start investment, it comes with an advisor. So mm, great. you're expected to meet with your advisor at least twice a year mm -hmm. and just check in on how things are going you know, and be willing to make changes because in a startup or an early stage business, which I'm sure you totally identify with being, having started not too long ago yourself, mm -hmm. it never goes completely according to plan, right? Right. So, you know, maybe your plan was to market in one way, but you need to pivot to another market because things yeah. didn't work out exactly right. And so mm -hmm. that's the purpose of that, um, you know, biannual check-in mm -hmm. uh, with your advisor. Yeah. I would imagine that the other benefit of that too is, you know, the 
Farm Credit East network is so knowledgeable about what may be available to you that you may not be aware of too, right? So it could also be that maybe you're a good candidate for certain kind of grant funding that your advisor can bring to your attention, which is further going to benefit, you know, that farmer as well as like the greater goals of the grant organization. Yeah. yeah. Or, or whatever you're doing, you know, we've probably seen it before. Right. You might be able to offer some advice or some perspective on, on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things with FarmStart, because by its nature, it's a, a startup program, uh, we've done a lot of unique and unusual businesses with, mm-hmm. with FarmStart. Um, so it's definitely not limited to, uh, you know, dairy or corn growing or-, or Right, like a straightforward have, farming operation. Yeah, we've, we've yep. done a lot of um, unusual businesses and we've also done um, some forestry and some fishing in there too. We've done mm-hmm. uh, a few lobster- lobster boats for, um, for fishermen. Hmm. We've done, um, uh, some forestry people, uh, you know, we bought skitters for a, uh, you know, logger that wanted mm-hmm. to do a, a custom service, uh, you know, skitter for hire service yep. for, for logging, logging company. Um, we've done, um, a lot of like vegetable and CSA and, and farmer yeah. type farms. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, uh, we, we even have one that's a saffron grower in Vermont. Hmm. That, that I'll admit that was one we did have to look up because we haven't <laughs> seen that one before. And, um, you know, we found out that, yes, you can actually grow it in a cold climate. Um, it's it, it's basically what it is. It's, it's like the, the pollen of a crocus bulb, a specific variety of crocus. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, um, and, and it goes for a lot of money. Yes, it does. Um, but you it requires certain, some certain skills and, and, and talent to, to produce it at scale. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we, we found someone that, uh, or, or he came to us, you know, mm-hmm. a couple, um, that wanted to do it and, uh, they've, they've managed to make it work very well actually so far. So that's great. And so friends. Chris, do you also do like, would you do a controlled environment agriculture type operation yeah, so too? We've done, we, we've done some of those like shipping container yep. uh, farms where it's, it's, it's like a converted shipping container and they have vertical farming equipment inside of it. And you basically what it is, you have to provide a pad and electricity and water and they place it there and then you go and farm it. Um, yep. And, yep. There's uh, a business out of Buffalo. I don't know if that's the same one that you're talking about, but that well, does that. We've done a couple of them yeah. um, and, and those have worked out pretty well. Um, there's some large scale um, vertical farms and, and greenhouse vegetable farms that have, um, popped up too a lot of, like several of them are on the metro new york city area at a larger scale and mm-hmm. we've um done a little bit of financing work with them through our regular farm credit east you know higher dollar loans mm-hmm. also and so let's go there for a minute can you sure. talk about some of the kind of traditional more traditional related to what we've just been talking about um but approach and and lending that farm credit east does in general for farms yeah sure so um we, uh, we have a wide range of customers. I would say our median customer, you know, if you go back to like your college level statistics, you have mean and median or your yep. average and median. So average gets pulled up because we have some large multi-million dollar loans, mm. but the median customer, like by number of loans is a small or mid-sized farmer. Um, okay. I would say that our, our mean median uh, loan is probably a couple hundred thousand dollars, which for a, you know, land mortgage is not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ranges from very small, even part-time farmers that um, have horses or grow some hay in the backfield and have a regular W-2 job 
mm-hmm. to full-time farmers to large cooperatives that um, that market milk or cranberries or you know what yeah. have you. Um, dairy is our biggest sector by far, mostly mm. New York and Vermont. Um, we, I should mention that our service area is the six New England states, uh, and then New York and, and New Jersey. And that's um, so for that's your segment of, of farm credits, but farm, farm credits has other yeah. chapters in, around the country, right? Yeah. Well, the farm credit system is national and covers yeah. all 50 states plus Puerto Rico. And it's made up of about 60 different independent associations that all have defined territories. Mm-hmm. So our territory is, is, like I said, that that eight state Northeast region. Uh, to the south of us is Horizon Farm Credit, which is like a sister to mm-hmm. us. Um, and they service um, PA, Delaware, Maryland, and part of Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's like their territory. And then, you know, everyone else has kind of different spots. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, that's our that's our service area. And we the whole system was created by Congress in 1916 hmm. uh, to, uh, uh, to serve rural America, basically. At the time, you know, America, the lands, American landscape looked a lot different. Um, there was a lot of you know, farming was much more prominent uh, as in terms of percent of the population. Yeah. But um, but there wasn't a lot of like bank loans available to rural businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, banks were concentrated in the cities and focused on industry and that sort of thing. And so they saw a gap in service providing for rural America. And that's how we were created. Um, so we we're created by the government, but we're not a government agency. They kind of created us, then spun us off. And we're now organized as farmer-owned cooperatives. So the hmm. farmers own us. Oh, you, I didn't realize that. Yeah. When you take out a loan from Farm Credit East, it comes with stock and you become a owner of the cooperative and you can vote for our board of directors. You can run for our board of directors for that matter. Um, and our board of directors are, uh, I believe, a 16 member board that's um, most mostly farmers that are elected by their peers to mm-hmm. kind of oversee our organization. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I didn't realize that detail. Yeah. Um, so. Tell me about, and you talked about some of them, some of the most interesting projects you've worked on in your career. You talked about the saffron farmers, but what other kind of operations or projects have you worked on over the last 13 years or even going back to the greenhouse and, and nursery days? What are some of the most interesting stories or projects from your career? Sure. Um, yeah, some of the most interesting ones are definitely ones that are sort of outside the norm, if you will. So they're not necessarily like I wouldn't call them the average customer, but um, but it's kind of cool to say you did them or you know be able to talk about them. So we we have um, one customer in Maine that's growing kelp. Um, oh yeah, at, you know seaweed. That's kind of an emerging thing, um, yep. and they're growing that as a basically a food additive. Um, there's a limited market of uh, for seaweed just you know, eating it on its own. Yeah. But there's a much bigger market as a food ingredient. Um, mm-hmm. So you can get like a kelp burger that's made of, um, you know, one of those plant-based burgers that's made with yep. like seaweed and mushrooms and maybe soybeans or something else. And, and it, it's supposed to mimic the, you know, the, the, the burger flavor. Right. Um, so that that's an interesting one that we're doing. I think kelp, because I, I recently looked into this because they there was a company that applied for the Grow New York competition and I do okay, a first yep. round review um, of those applications and there was a company that was doing kelp farming somewhere in the Northeast and I wonder if it's the same one, but I can't remember the name. Um, and I want to say that they were also looking at the beauty industry okay. for kelp as well, that there was some yeah. application there. 
yeah, there could be like components of the of the kelp that uh, you know are valuable for for cosmetics yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, another customer on the larger side of scale is um, a milk milk components company. Um, what they do is they're they're a farmer owned cooperative. There was about mm-hmm. a dozen farmers that came together and wanted to basically think outside the box box in terms of milk marketing mm-hmm. and not just uh, serve the gallon jug market in the grocery store, but create some sort of higher value products and, and go for export markets and more specialty hmm. products. And so they um, they basically take take in raw milk from dairy farms, break it, pasteurize it, break it down, and then they uh, isolate like the proteins for energy drinks, um, the hmm. whey, you know, protein, whey protein can be used for that. Yep. Um, they make milk powder. Um, they make products for like uh, infant formula. Hmm. Um, they make, uh, you know, various isolates for like specialty cheeses and different products. And it's, it's all yeah. very value added and very, you know, niche products. And a lot of, and I would yeah. say more than half their stuff is exported. Um, to to other countries. Other countries like the Europe or uh, Asia. Interesting. Huh. Well, I know that. A million dollar company. So they're, they're on the larger side of scale. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, there's a lot of interesting, different things that we've been doing. Um, you know, forest products are, are a lot of innovation there. Um, mm-hmm. We have one customer that's um, and and environmental sustainability and, and and renewable energy and that sort of thing is all is a big part of the mix as well. We have, um, for example, a, a sawmill that's completely self um, self sufficient in terms of energy. They have okay. created a wood fired power plant that that powers their whole sawmill as well as they sell power to the grid from the waste, uh, wood sawdust and chips that they, that the sawmill creates. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're, they're creating a whole, you know, they're powering themselves in a, basically a totally renewable way. Cause it's, wow. all, you know, forest products sourced from the local forest, which regenerates in Maine. Yep. So that's cool. Um, what are some, you mentioned, I love the, like the way that farm credit East thinks about things in terms of some of the challenges that you see and what could farm credit East do to solve them? Like the farm start program, I think is a perfect example of that. We saw this need and we filled it. And so even if your answer to this is something outside of what farm credit East could do, what are some of the big challenges that you're still seeing in agriculture? Sure. Well, um, it depends on where you're, how you're situated. For example, like if you're a beginning farmer and you're coming into the industry from outside of agriculture, so you're not inheriting a business, yep. mm-hmm. um, there's a real challenge to come up with the capital needed to, to start a, a farm really mm-hmm. of any size. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a problem that's not unique to, to agriculture. I mean, we talk about it. Sometimes I think we forget that it, that it's not unique to agriculture. You know, we talk about all be the, beginning farmers are, you know, it's so hard, but it would be hard to start almost any business. Right. You know, if you're going to start a, I don't know, a car wash, you'd have to yeah. buy land and build a building and, you know, everything yep. else. Um, so yeah, to start a beginning farmer, you have to secure real estate. You have to, um, you know, buy equipment. Maybe you have to buy, you know, whatever stock for whatever you're growing, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the profit margins in agriculture mean that there's typically a long payback period for that right. investment, you know, 20, 30 years to, to repay the initial investment that you have to come up with. 
Um, so that's, that's a real challenge. And um, I think there's a lot of organizations that are working on helping that. Mm -hmm. um, Farm Credit East is, is working on it, you know, with our FarmStar program, we also have, um, we collaborate with the USDA Farm Service Agency, mm. uh, things like loan guarantees, which can help make a deal work that, that might otherwise be too, too risky yep. to be approved. Um, we also collaborate with um, the Farm Service Agency on down payment assistance. Mm -hmm. um, typically, like most lenders, we would require a 20% down payment on real estate. And that's a big nut to crack if you're right. a, you're coming into agriculture from, from outside. Mm -hmm. um, but with the USDA down payment assistance program, you can get that down to 5%. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot more feasible. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the USDA, the, the portion of that, it's sort of like 15% of the value of the land that goes from mm -hmm. 20 to five, that, that, that's that tranche or that slice of financing uh, is at a low interest rate and at mm -hmm. a pretty favorable term. So you can afford to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you still have to cash flow the business and make sure you can make all your payments and everything, but right. it makes it a lot, it provides a much better entry point mm -hmm. um, for other farmers that are more established. Um, the biggest change, I mean, the biggest challenge that we hear about all the time is, is uh, labor and, and workers and both the cost and as well as just finding them and keeping them and um, you know, all of that. Um, I think all farmers want to, treat their workers well and pay them well. Um, yeah. But payroll is like the number one cost, the number one line item on the budget for right. any kind of agriculture. Um, and so making sure that you can make that payroll every week mm -hmm. can be a big challenge, especially if you're a farmer where you plant in the spring and harvest in the fall and you get one check a year. Right. Trying to cash flow that for 12 months and make weekly payroll mm -hmm. um, can be a big, you know, that takes some, some planning. Right. Um, and that's where, like, we do a lot of lines of credit for farmers where they'll, mm. you know, they'll draw it down the first six months a year and then pay it back the last six months. Yeah. As, as their revenue comes in. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of ways that we try to help um, help meet those needs for, uh, for, for agriculture. Yeah. And last question for you. Yeah, sure. Predictions on what's next for the agriculture industry. What do you think are some of the big things coming down the pike? Boy, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, and, and that could be a long answer. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot, I'm, I'm bullish on Northeast agriculture. I mean, I think that, um, you know, there are challenges and I think that, um, you know, if, if you talk to almost any farmer, you're going to get a laundry list of complaints, but if you can get past that, you can realize that farmers are eternal optimists. Yes. They have to be. Because yes. to put a seed in the ground and and bank on the fact that that's going to grow and then pay out and then someone's going to buy it and pay yep. you yep. six months later, um, you know, that requires a- Pretty wild. A, yeah, pretty wild yeah. Uh, amount of optimism. So, um, you know, if you can get past the initial sort of curmudgeonness that, that we all sort of have sometimes, and I have some of it too in my, in my own personality, but- um, I think that a lot of farmers are very uh, excited about the future. There's a lot of new technologies out there. There's a lot of new equipment um, and tech. I'm going to be speaking on a panel at, at Grow at New York next week about um, oh, great. robotics. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about robotics and digital tech. Um, we have some dairy farmers that are now using robotics and artificial mm -hmm. intelligence to um, to well, they use the robotics to milk the cows and feed the cows, and then they use the AI to 
do things like monitor their health and activity. Mm -hmm. um, so if they'll see a cow that has a, a higher temperature or is moving around a lot, they'll think, you know, something's going on. Maybe I need to have my vet take a look at that, that animal. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, in, in um, fruit, we're seeing things like robotic pickers and pruners. Yep. Um, and that, that doesn't eliminate the need for, for human, the human touch. It just kind of augments it. Yes. Um, and we're also seeing some innovative marketing things going on where this will, you know, it's not new, but there's, a, there's an ongoing push to, for more local mm -hmm. in stores and in institutions. Um, and so I think, um, you know, the Northeast is a, is a great place to farm. We have a, the world's biggest market, you know, right on our doorstep, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, from New York to Washington, D.C. is like half the population of the country almost. Um, so, you know, the, and, and we have we have water. Right. Um, you know, we're not on fire. Um, yep. you, know, like you better knock on wood, Chris, yeah, but yeah, so exactly. far, yes. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we have too much water, to be honest, but um, but at least we're not in, in perennial drought the way some other parts of the country are. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, positive, you know, look forward to um, look forward on New York, on Northeast agriculture with optimism. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great outlook. I totally agree. We're continuing to see a lot of really interesting applied technology for both farms directly as well as the whole ecosystem of agribusiness from, you know, supply chain and local sourcing and how to kind of prioritize local and optimize pricing and create efficiency and all of that. Um yeah, like our and, CEO uh, Mike Reynolds said to me one time that, um, you know, uh, Northeast agriculture or farm credit East were a hundred years old and we're just getting started. Yeah. You know, there's, um, we continue to grow and come out with new programs and services and, and things like that all the time and add new customers and, yeah. um, and, and farmers are tremendously creative and innovative. So there's, they're always coming up with new things for us to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a fantastic outlook. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for the conversation today. Um, really appreciate your your insights and your background. And I'll make sure that anybody that I come across that's in the agriculture industry that's looking to start something, I'll send them your way. I didn't realize that all of those, um, the education that you're doing is so approachable and valuable, especially like a lot of our clients are generational businesses that are, you know, kind of passing that baton from one to the next, as well as the beginning farmer stage. So that's, it's invaluable information to be able to, to have, especially from an industry expert like yourself. So great. Thanks, Thanks for, for taking me. the time. I'm Maureen Bellatori. For more information about the podcast, visit www.agency-29.com. If you have questions for me or you'd like to recommend a guest for a future episode, you can send a message using the contact form on the website. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.